hosted on dimlywit.com. I'm Alex. And I'm Tina. And this is Obsessed with the Best. We're two New York City gals who are bringing you the best of the best of all things beauty, wellness, and inspirational women. We've tried it all and can't wait to tell you what's worth obsessing over. Join us each week as we share our favorite products and trends and chat with leading female founders and experts. Welcome to Obsessed Obsessed with with the Best with with Alex and Tina. Tina. Today, we're sitting down with Rose Rosen. Rose is a casting director for commercial and film projects. She actually got her start casting the iconic film, Edward Scissorhands. She's the host of her very own clubhouse show called The Craft of Casting. She's also a family friend of mine and the child of two Holocaust survivors. Her story is so important and so fascinating, and we just think you're going to learn so much from this interview. So please welcome Rose Rosen. Rose, we're so excited that you're here with us. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. This is, I mean, what a pleasure to be here with you too. I mean, I'm a big fan. I listen to your podcast. You know, I love you guys. And that's all I have to say. It's just, I, that means I'm so, so much. thrilled. Yeah. I love your content. I think it's unique and interesting and I I love it. I love it. So thank you for having me. Thanks, Rose. Yeah, of course. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for being here. Okay, so I have to just give everyone a little background of how I even know Rose. So Rose is a casting director, has been for a while, but she started her career as a makeup artist and as a stylist. And so she met my mom in the 80s when my mom was like 15 years old, when my mom was modeling. And she met my mother when she was 15. So Rose like through the business and Rose has literally known me since I was born. True. That is it's so true. Cool. Yeah. I want you to flash a photo of your mom from the eighties that I sent you like later yeah. in post. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, she was, I mean, and we've been friends ever since. So it's crazy. And I would just want to say I was also 15. So there's, <laughs> yes. Yes. You're yes. We had, we actually had Kathy on the podcast last mother's yeah, day. Um, and she talked to us about, yes, with my mom too. Um, but she was telling us all about the eighties and like what a crazy time it was. What, what do you have any fun stories that you can share with us from the eighties <laughs> for being a stylist and a makeup artist? I have tons, but that's a whole different <laughs> podcast. I think I have to go on Howard Stern. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I want to know about the hair yeah. and the makeup in the eighties. I mean, it was just so now we're all about, Oh, the no makeup, makeup, the natural look. The eighties was not, it was like blue eyeshadow, shoulder pads, permed hair. So like, what was it like on a photo shoot in the eighties? I mean, yeah. it was, I was finding my way. I worked at Neiman Marcus, so I knew how to style, right? Um, cause they trained you. It was a lot of training. So that was good. And then I just felt my way through it. It's like, I can do makeup. I can do this. I can do that. You know how we do. Uh, that's kind of how I fell into it, honestly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, no, I'm better than that person. So, and, and plus I was an editorial writer. I did fashion articles. So that's how your mom and I came up was through, through that. So I would write the articles. Then there was nobody to find a location. I guess I had to do that. Props, I had to do that. (laughs) You know, find the talent. And, you know, um, I remember Sharon at Talent Plus gave me a great deal on new talent. (laughs) So they paid a ridiculous rate. And I mean, but we learned together. Right. It's so interesting. And so much has changed. And so Sharon is my, was my mom's agent and still, she's still with this agent. And now Sharon's a family friend of ours too. I've also known her forever, but something Sharon says about the eighties is she was like, there was so much work. Like I barely had enough, like every model I had was booked. So it was before social media. It was before. So if you wanted a photo, you had to book and you had to hire people. So like, what was that like? That busyness, like for photos? I mean, it was, it was absolutely crazy. And I mean, honestly, I was going through 22 credits of college and doing a full-time writing career and styling and (laughs) 
<laughs> and working at Neiman's because I had to, I had to make bank. I had to, you know, I was single and I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't fooling around. Um, so, but yeah, the styling was, I mean, so fun. I, you know, it was, it, it was just magical to, to be able to have that kind of artistic freedom and, and, and the talent were so great. And I love the photographers I worked with back then. It was just so simple and natural. And it felt to me like one of my most artistic times. I'm sure your mother would say the same. I, she does. She definitely does. I just, I always wish I could be a fly on the wall that time oh just for God. like a week, you yeah. know? I can so- show you a portfolio <laughs> that would just curl your hair. <laughs> just curl, curl your hair. hair. I, I know. That's a crazy thing to say to you. <laughs> so, right. So then what made you want to get into casting? Like what was the switch to becoming a casting director? So it was more organic than it sounds. I had a good business in St. Louis. I came up from editorial into advertising and was working ferociously. And then this man asked me to marry him and move to Florida. And I said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I got here and these guys did not understand me. They didn't get the whole, I could do everything, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, what are you talking about? So it was very confusing for them. And so I I didn't have enough work. So I said, so there was this mean casting director. (laughs) So, and, and I, you know, as, as one does, I was friends with talent agents and I was sitting in her office one day and she's like, you, you should be a casting director. (laughs) Literally the next day I said, you know, I started calling, I mean, this is crazy story, but this is the 90s um or I think it was still the 80s um but I I called I went into the phone book and called New York casting directors randomly and said how do you do what you do and they answered and they were lovely but that's so cool I mean that's so cool of you to be so proactive of Mm -hmm. like well I don't know I guess I won't know how to do this no you just called people got myself a camcorder (laughs) Right. Oh and some lights God. and a notepad. <laughs> and I was in business and, you know, in a FedEx number. But And I, you were in Florida at this time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And the thing is, Florida was a huge and still is huge commercial spot, right? So we, I mean, you know, every winter clients are looking to come down here to shoot their stuff and they still do. and thank God. And I still have a great commercial business. But then a couple months into my um, casting career came a little movie to the area. And I said, guess I'll go out for that. (laughs) Okay. So I think we all know, well, Alex and I know what you're going to talk about, because this is going to be my question. I actually just rewatched Edward Scissorhands, which it's such an iconic, wonderful movie. And when Alex was like, oh yeah, Rose cast that. I was like, what? Okay. So you're calling people out of a phone book, living in Florida with this job that you just fell into. How in the hell did you get with Edward Scissorhands? What was that process? I applied. (laughs) I mean, I was up against really big guns. I knew I could do it. I told them how I'd do it and they believed me and it was fine. And we got it done. So you kind of had to pitch yourself. Like you had to say, this would be my vision. This is how I would do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so that's how back then, um, you know, they set up a little trailer and I came and visited them, and, you know, as did 10 other casting directors. And I sat there. You should know I was five months pregnant. So I know oh my I was this fat. And I didn't say anything because it was the 80s and they could certainly not hire me because I was pregnant yeah, for a yeah. six-month job. Uh, so you count that up. Uh, <laughs> but more like four months, I guess. Um, somehow it all worked out and I delivered after we wrapped, not that far after though. Um, but I never talked about it on set. I would just show up getting fatter and fatter. Never discussed it with anybody. Oh my god! What a time! What Why a would time I? to just like, nope, this isn't happening. Nope, 
I'd have to go there every day. And it was like an hour from the house and collect the talent for the next day and then come home and call them. Wait, so that was your role. That was one of your roles as a casting director. It was to go and get the talent. No, no. Collect the list of the talent. Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. Collect the list of the talent. I did day players in Florida. Got it. Yeah, gotcha, got it. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Yes, so yes, yes. Okay. What were the like? What is it like though? Like being a part of that yeah. insanely iconic movie, like that. I mean, like when it blew up, like how did you feel? I, I mean, you certainly didn't know it at the time. And when I read the script, I'm like, all right. Uh, <laughs> there are very few words in the script, so I, I mean, you guys read scripts, isn't it? Like anybody's guess. As you're reading it. Yeah. It's yeah. such bare bones info. You have, oh. you like can't picture it. That's why I think a director's job, like I think producer, I'm like, okay, I get you. I understand. But a director's job would not be for me because I see a, I read a script and I sometimes really can't see yeah. all the moving parts with such little info. I totally. Yeah. I, I really couldn't see it. I'm like, okay, well he just did Batman. So I guess it'll be okay. You know? Yeah. 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 And it was a big budget. And, you know, I, you know, I got a good check and, you know, life was good. It was really, really hard work though. I mean, I was on a pager um, because that's all we had. Oh my God. Yeah. If I was out, then I had to go pull over and have my quarter and put it in the payphone and call whoever was calling me, like Tim or somebody. (laughs) Saying wow. they needed something. It Do you mean there. Tim, as in Tim Burton? Yeah. <laughs> oh, just old Tim, Timmy I mean, Burton. But the interesting thing, and I don't do this anymore, is is if you're doing day players, you get to be on set, right? So, like, you know, the person who cast Victoria d- cast, um, you know, all the mains, and I do that now, and I'm never on set. So, oh uh, yeah. It's kind of. Oh, so in a way it was cooler for you because then you were more a part of the process. I was there every single day sitting in Tim's chair and people would yell at me and I'm like, but he doesn't care. That's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of process. So you cast across like different genres. So how is your job different when you're casting a commercial versus a film? So it's, I mean... Basically, it's still taking an order and filling it, right? So whatever that is, I'm finding it, Um, you know, down to sometimes a dog. Because they ask that of us. Oh, by the way, do you know a dog? I'm like, no, I'm not a dog. Oh, my God. But yeah, yeah, yeah they, they, they ask such weird things of casting and then they forget about us. So commercials are just fast and furious. Films give you a little bit more time. but I think both deserve the same amount of of thought. I want to see more diverse actors come into my room. I actively try and hire more diverse actors in appropriate roles so they can get experience and move up the chain, but that doesn't happen overnight. I mean, I talk a lot about also the Jewish representation because that doesn't seem to be in all of this. Yeah, I, I, I'm uh, been talking with David Battiel. Um, He wrote a book called Jews Don't Count, and Sarah Silverman talks a lot about it. Um, but he and he did a little documentary on the BBC. It, it, I, I can't figure out how to watch it, but it's interesting. But he talks about how in all the ethnicities, when we're talking about them, hello, nothing about the Jews. So, and, you know, I could go down the list of your Rachel, Rachel, you know, Mrs. Maisel and and Helen Mirren playing Golda Meir. And, and you know, I don't have a problem with that. But if you're going to have the authenticity conversation, I think Jews need to be invited to that party. Absolutely. You're a big advocate for authentic Jewish casting. And I feel like we're two points here. 
is authentic Jewish casting and authentic casting whenever you can, Mm -hmm. but also bringing diverse people up from the beginning because Eva Longoria said this about um, Latina casting. She was like, you don't just wake up one day and you're like starring in a movie, like, or, or you're a director or you have to be a PA. You have to be a makeup artist. You have to have an acting class. Like, so she wants more, you know, Latino, Latina women, like, being PAs on sets, like more diverse Mm -hmm. people being a PA on a set to like, is this for you? Is this life? Because it is a job. It is a Mm -hmm. job and it's not cut out for everyone. Like it's not cut. You know, some people don't want, some people want business hours. This is not a job with business hours, you know? So yeah, really good points. No, it's, it's true. And give me that pool of actors and I will use them. But right. make them as good as the entirety. And that takes time. And we are right. working on that. And I believe people are working. Unfortunately, I have to say, as you know, the acting business is not a cheap business to be mm-hmm. an actor. Right. It is very expensive for you guys. And I'm sorry for that, but it's just the truth. If you're doing it right, you're spending time and money on headshots and resumes and all of your things. and you're spending time on training because you don't just fall out of the womb um, like Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, right. <laughs> some people do. <laughs> some people do. Most don't, though. And you need to know how to work this. It doesn't just happen. You know, right. and the expensive, it's gotten more expensive because everything's from home. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, Rose, even me during the pandemic, I'm in a really good position here. I have a two income household. I have secure housing. Like I am very privileged in a lot of ways, but I had to tell my representation, like, no, it has to end. They wanted me to do like a voiceover studio. And yes, I book voiceovers, but it's not my full-time thing. And my setup in my closet has been do. And I it's said, this good. has to, it has to end somewhere. Like I'm not investing in this program that is extremely expensive. I said, if I book a job that is, that will cover this expense, then I will. But like, I just bought all this home equipment. I just bought, I, you know what I mean? Getting my computer updated, getting a new laptop to make sure I can do all this video editing. Like the at home equipment is so, yeah, it is a problem. Like I, and you you just wanted a a severance. Right. I, hello exactly well that that was the funny thing ben stiller was quite fine with my at-home setup so i think it's i I think think it's doing just fine they don't even know (laughs) they don't even know right so guys tina and i love therapy we have weekly facetime therapy sessions and it's what gives us the tools to help us through all the things that come up in life relationship career issues self-esteem building learning boundaries you name it so better help offers easy accessible and affordable virtual therapy options so first of all finding a therapist can be really daunting and with better help you don't have to do any of the research because they will do that work for you and they'll match you with a therapist in under 48 hours Second, it's incredibly convenient because you don't even have to leave your home. BetterHelp offers video, phone, and live chat sessions. It's honestly always a good time to invest in yourself and invest in your mental health. So give BetterHelp a try and see for yourself why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp. We have a special offer just for our obsessed listeners. So for 10% off your first month of professional virtual therapy, just go to betterhelp.com and enter code obsessed at checkout. That is betterhelp.com with code obsessed at checkout for 10% off your first month of virtual therapy. For more information, just scroll down to the bottom of the show notes for this episode. And thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this podcast. This is Jess Betancourt, the host of DNA ID, the only true crime podcast that exclusively covers cases solved using forensic genealogy. DNA ID goes behind the headlines to answer your questions about this remarkable new crime-solving tool, how it works, how cases are selected, why the cases were unsolved for so long, and how the justice system is addressing it. I include input from law enforcement to give you the inside scoop that we all crave with a straightforward, no-nonsense delivery. You can find DNA ID on any podcast platform. Episodes come out weekly on Monday. We are supported by Ombre Lab. 
Are you struggling with bloating, moodiness, constipation, weight gain, or acne, and you just can't figure out why? Well, the answer could literally be in your gut. Your gut contains trillions of bacteria, both good and bad. And when your body doesn't have enough good bacteria, the bad bacteria flourishes. And when this happens, it can cause all kinds of symptoms. Ombre Lab makes it really easy to check on your gut health by offering an at-home test that can measure your bacteria levels. The test will ship right to your door with easy-to-follow instructions. And then when you get your results, they'll give you a detailed breakdown of your gut bacteria, let you know what foods to eat more or less of, plus send you personalized probiotics to heal your gut with a subscription. I did this at-home test. It could not have been easier. So if you want to start feeling better, visit ombrelab.com and enter code OBSESSED at checkout for $30 off your first at-home test. That's ombrelab.com with code OBSESSED at checkout for $30 off your first test. For more information, just scroll down to the bottom of the show notes for this episode. Thank you to Ombre Lab for sponsoring this podcast. Yeah, and I mean, we have these at-home set. I mean, we're all our own director and makeup artist and producer and video editor and all these things. And, you know, Alex, I know you do a lot of at-home stuff. I've kind of like, I do it occasionally, but I, I know so many actors are, all of their auditions are still at-home and self-tapes. Right. And I'm sure you're still getting a lot of submissions via self-tape. I, I mean, I built my business on self-tape well before the pandemic. I live mm -hmm. in Florida. I cast movies all over the place. So, so I, you really know a good self-tape. I was telling the old gals how to do it. Uh, you were. And Rose, at the beginning of the pandemic, asked, actually, Casting Networks did a special with Rose to say, like, how do we do a self-tape? Will you guide us? And now it's all self-tape. But yeah. at the beginning of the pandemic, Rose was the one telling everyone. So Rose, what are some things for actors out there that make a good self-tape? So we know you need to be seen and heard. You need good lighting, shoot horizontal. Yes. Beyond that, what are some pointers? Sound is important too. I mean, you know, you did say seen and heard, but sound, I mean, those are the main things like, you know, check that you're in focus, check that everything is like, the main thing is to test before you're in in a live audition if if you're doing that i love working with casting workbook they actually have a little guy in there that you can make an appointment with prior to seeing me in a virtual casting <laughs> oh my god how cool. yeah i know but i mean there's some cool software out there once again not everybody uses it so yeah but i try and spread the word as much as i can um, they're out of Canada. They're a cool software. Um, but, and then they also help me run my, you know, on my end. So I don't have a whole lot of tech because that's, that's the whole thing. But anyway, so back to it. I think you really have to look at yourself and make, check your makeup, check, your, you know, check everything. Um, and, and practice and look at it and, and make some decisions on your own. You have to really be observant of yourself, right? Which is quite complicated, I know. Um, but all those things, but the technical stuff is critical and having a reader, huge. There's a program called We Audition where, you know, people will, you know, if you don't have a friend, it's right there, right there in the, you know, it's not expensive, it's something to do. So there are tools out there. Once again, they do cost money. Um, the the other thing I want to say is I promote a lot of the casting software. You should know every casting software I mentioned has a zero cost buy-in. They all have free profiles. You do not have to go out there and spend $10 a month on anything. Yeah, Amazing. You could just have two pictures and a resume. And I'm good with that. So just just so you know, you don't have to do the upgraded, upgraded, upgraded on everything. Some it might help you on some because some of them will charge a couple bucks to to submit or I, you know, I don't know all yeah. the intricacies, but just know take the free stuff and and do it, do it all though. Do it all. Cast works, casting workbook, casting net, uh, casting frontier. I mean, just do it all. Why not? Yeah, if it's free, and if it, if you're saying that like there there are some good stuff out there that you don't have to pay for, you I mean, never they, know. 
God, we need that. Yeah. I don't think, I can't think of any other profession in the world where you have to pay to interview. You have to pay to even, you know, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's a tough business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we didn't when we had in-person auditions, but you had to spend, I mean, I, I used to have people driving five hours each way to see me for five minutes. So I think whatever $2 or $10 they spend for a self tape is cheaper than that. Right. I mean, that's that's a good point that we don't deal with in New York city really because everything's trained. But Tina, I'm actually interested because you are diving back in recording yourself. Yes. Like, do you have any questions or takeaways like as you start to self-tape again? Because Tina it performs and she has a solo show and she's a singer, a guitar player, and she's recently been like submitting herself for some acting things recently. Yeah. And, you know, I got my backdrop and I got my tripod and I got my ring light and I did all, you know, all the things. But like I was doing self, I mean, I've done self-tapes. We've all had a version of that, you know, if you're out of town or whatever, but it really became like the thing the last two years, yeah. you know? And I felt like really sort of rusty, you know, and like out of touch. I was just using my little MacBook to try and, you know, cobble together a little audition. But like, I guess my question for you, in your opinion, like what, are there any like, m- like major mistakes that you see people make that you're like, that would be such an easy fix? Um, or, I you know, without title cards, I hate them. So if what, you hate title cards, hate wipe swipes, title cards, None of us want, I, I can't think of anybody that likes it. Uh, Wait, what do you, so what would you like instead? Just go right into your slate and then you read. Oh my God. See, like, I'm doing all kinds of bells oh and whistles. No. Yeah, no, no. They want you to just <laughs> get the hell in there and get out. So literally and- it just like screen pops up. Hi, my name is Tina. I'm five, nine and I live in New York city. Yes. So Next. let me like turn it around. Think of, think of me. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching how many hundreds in a day. Yes. And I'm not, you know, you want me to fast forward through your name. Your name is right there for me. It's right there. Mm-hmm. I can click on your resume. I can click on any other information I want about you. That's if it's through actors, through a platform, like through casting networks or actors access or something like your info's there is what she's saying. Even okay. like backstage, what I can say is, Make sure label the material with your name and the role. That's always a good thing to do. So if it gets lost, if if I have to move material around, which I haven't had to do for years now because I use reputable software. Um, but if for some reason something is somewhere, you know, whatever, and I'm asking your agent just to email it to me because the software is down for that moment. Okay, fine. Label those clips with your name and the role, at least. So we have that. And once again, this is just my opinion. As you said, everybody does it so many different ways, but you can't argue with the label. But what I can argue with is that the title card. Oh my God. Okay, yeah. This is so Honestly, fascinating. And we'll get, so Rose I did not tell a- her. I didn't know she was doing that. I thought everyone did, like every tape of, it's like, put your name everywhere. Like, no. okay. So, audition. all right. Oh yeah. Rose has a clubhouse show every Monday night, 9 PM Eastern called the craft of casting. And here's, this is a prime example of you go to theater school, you go to acting class, you hear nothing about the actual business. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. You learn Shakespeare and you learn accents and you're a dancer and you're a singer and you're, you could do anything, but you don't know the business and you don't know what the hell casting directors need or want. So it's really a great clubhouse room because it's all these casting casting directors just giving information directly to actors. And something I've I've learned so much and a lot of it is short and sweet because they're seeing like 500 tapes for one role. Yeah. So like and the labeling so when the file pops up Tina Scariano underscore Sarah you're reading for the role of Sarah I just made that up. Like just like the bare minimum. It's so interesting. So another thing, so she's I had a moderator in my room. It's fantastic. Oh, I know. She's amazing. I, I, sometimes I'm, a, I'm there as a moderator. It's a great group. All these casting directors are so generous with their speaking, with what they share, with their time. So Tina just had a what the hell moment. And I had a what the hell moment 
on Monday night during our clubhouse room during the headshot. What happened? Um, conversation. So recently I've been given the um, strict instructions to, I had new headshots and, you know, I've done a lot of commercials. That's where I'm at. I've done a lot of commercials. I've done short films, but I would really like to book my first TV role. Okay. Yeah. I was given strict instructions. Well, you're too commercial. So for TV, there can be no smiley shots, no smiley shots. So all of my new headshots are closed mouth smiles or scowls Scowl. because that's what I was told either one. And except I have one smiley shot left and I fought to have it. I like fought to have it. Cause I was like, I need one. So my, what the hell moment was listening to this room and across the board, every casting director said, guys, enough with the scowls, enough with the closed mouth smiles. We need to see your teeth. We need to see what your teeth look like. And also, Rose, you said something so valuable, which was, hey, I've been in this business a while. I'm aware that a commercial actress can also be in a film. And they, I, I do it all day long. Yes. Crossover. I just booked a very big commercial actress in a film just this week. Um, yeah. All the time. I don't see the difference. I know that a lot of my comrades have a lot of discussion about that. but. I mean, the truth is you're also not labeled on like when I'm looking at you from your agent in on my board, right? In the casting software, because that's how I work. It doesn't say commercial actress, mm. a theater actress. It doesn't say she sings, she dances. Unless I'm looking for you to sing and dance and your agent is smart enough to write me a note. She sings and dances. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, and actors get so in their head about the genre and I'm oh, this and I'm that and yes. how do you define yourself and all this stuff. So can you tell us what do you need as far as headshots? What do you need to see? I mean, I like a smiley headshot and then I like, I mean, I like the one where it's still upturned, not scowling, and you see a little bit of your teeth. Okay. You know, okay. That okay. Kind of thing. I didn't do that very well, but you get what I'm saying. Just like a little bit, you know, just so, so you know, like, do you have all your teeth? Do you right. have, you know, crooked teeth, straight teeth? What did you know, they, like just, yeah. What, why do we need a not smiley thing? What if I'm casting comedy? Yeah. I don't, I, I never understood it. So I just, you know, I, I discount it. <laughs> so like yeah. a smiley and a more serious or a smiley and a more relaxed smile. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think anything, I, you know, put yourself in a good light, make sure you look like yourself. And the biggest thing, and the one thing I hear from every single casting director is connect your eyes to the camera. Mm. If you miss that, you've missed the whole ball game. Yeah. That is, that is, hundred percent the truth you know if you yep. have a hair out of place they're gonna they're gonna retouch it that's not a big deal um so none of that matters you have to look like yourself the hair has to be attainable within a cup within an hour for you to do yourself mm -hmm. right so you have some glammy stuff going on that's no good right yeah so your hair and your makeup, in my opinion, has to be attainable on your own. Mm -hmm. Even though you don't have a hair and makeup artist do it, but you better learn how to do that just in case. Because how many jobs do you have to do your own stuff? Yeah, that's a really good point, especially yep. for women. Um, also, wait, back to the eyes, Paisley, who I love in the clubhouse room, she's so great. That was her biggest thing in the headshot conversation. Yeah. I have to see something happening behind your eyes. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the most important thing. You're like look and through the lens. It's like, it's so critical. Yes. So, okay. For women, can you speak to, so you gotta be able to replicate that hair and makeup because you have to look like yourself. So you can't show up at the audition looking like a completely different person than your headshot. Can you speak to women's hairstyles? Because my hair's blown out right now, but I'm usually a curly girl. Tina can be a curly girl, but we like, so should you have representation of like all your hair. Cause like, what if I get a last minute audition? I let my hair air dry that day and it's curly. 
you know, that type of thing. I like that if possible. Once again, I'm only promoting that you do a free thing, but somebody at your level, of course, is paying for many shots. And so use them. Yeah, no, I like to see all your hair. I like to see all your styles. If there's room, you know, if you're paying for it, use it, right? I want to see all your hairstyles. I want to see any, you know, if it's a man, I want to see all his beard styles. And then I want him to, and, and if he doesn't have it on the platform, have it available. I feel for you guys. I feel for myself too, but we're all in business on our own, right? Yeah. And that's why I get together with other casting directors. It's really to have, in addition to helping actors, it's also to have a hive mind and feel like we have a community. And that's what we've gotten from the pandemic. And I mean, I, I can't love it anymore. But yeah, you guys check out Rose's Clubhouse room. If you're oh, they're so informative and so fun to be a part of. I like I made myself this like lovely bath and had a glass of wine, and, like had the pod on. I like was listening to Clubhouse. It was like the most relaxing, right? lovely evening. Yeah, and it was you're so welcome. great. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. You can just listen. You We're not going to let you talk, you know? Yeah. Oh, which I love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love yeah, you can exactly. just put it on. It's like a podcast, but it's live. And if you have a question, you can, you know, text it in. It's very cool. So I've been wanting to join the clean beauty movement and start buying safer products. But as a makeup artist, I have a really high standard for my beauty products. And I just won't buy something that doesn't actually work. I don't know how Beauty Counter does it, but they are a clean beauty brand certified by the Environmental Working Group. And their products truly perform. Currently, I'm loving the Counter Control Instant Matte Toner. It's perfect for sensitive skin. It's alcohol-free, so it's not going to dry you out, and it's mattifying. I love it. Beauty Counter is also female-founded, which you know we love. If you'd like to shop some clean beauty with Obsessed with the Best, go to beautycounter.com obsessed. Now, you don't have to shop Beauty Counter with us, but if you do, we can answer all of your questions about what to buy, and we like to send free beauty goodies as a thank you. So, that's beautycounter.com obsessed. Happy shopping, and for more details, scroll down to the bottom of the show notes for this episode. So we've recently learned just how many toxic ingredients are in our nail polish, but I love doing my nails. I'm sure you love doing your nails, which is why we love K Ferrara Color because it's a luxurious nail polish and hand cream line that uses all clean formulas. You know I love that hand cream. I'm obsessed with it. After I've had a long day of sanitizing my hands and working with makeup and doing all that, my hands are so dry and I love the hand cream treatment. It is a lifesaver for dry, cracked hands. K for our color offers gorgeous colors plus base coat, top coat, and quick dry options, which I've used so many times when I've got to get out the door. The other thing I love is K for our color has a children's line, which has been a gift for my nieces many, many times. So if you are a person that just loves to get your nails done at the salon, you can bring it with you. You can bring your K Ferrara color with you to the salon. And if you're a person that likes to get a gel mani, you can use K Ferrara color on your pedicure or it really makes an amazing gift for anyone in your life of literally any age who appreciates clean beauty and clean formulas. For 15% off your order, go to kferraracolor.com and use code OBSESSED15 at checkout. That's kferraracolor.com with code OBSESSED, the number 15, at checkout for 15% off your nail polish or hand cream. For more information, just scroll down to the bottom of the show notes for this episode. You're so active on... Instagram, you're so active on Clubhouse. Yes. And I'm going to wildly switch gears here. Okay. Because something that I really love about you is you're so outspoken and you call out injustices and you call out anti-Semitism the minute it happens on your Clubhouse show, on your Instagram. Like, I just think it's so important and so brave. And part of your story is that you're parents survived the Holocaust. And this is something you and I have never really talked about. I've talked about it a little bit with my mom because she mentioned that meeting your mom was really impactful for her and has like 
these wonderful memories of your mother. Um, But I would love to hear as much as you're comfortable with sharing sort of your parents' life story, where they were born and what their life was like. No, sure. Thank you for asking. Um, My parents were both born in Poland in different towns. My father was in Pietrakov. My mother was in Lodz. And they had siblings and parents and grandparents as one does. Um, And Hitler came into power and my my mother um, ended up in the Lodz ghetto. Um, People moved into their apartment building. So they were all crowded in. And, you know, I think she operated a library and, (laughs) you know, like trading for coffee or something seems to me um, what happened for her and um and then um i think her mom died in the ghetto and she carried her body to the you know to the cemetery and you know i mean there's you know pretty tragic stories um and then eventually her um her brothers and sisters were taken to auschwitz as was she and my mother was in I think it was six different concentration camps. So yeah, she she does actually have the worst Holocaust story. You know, I mean, if one's worse than the other, you know, I try not to do the dozens with trauma. But yeah, so she did all of that. Um, she worked for Hitler in you know the slave labor. And, you know, so like she did all of it. I actually Rose- went back to her house in Ludge. Yeah, with my daughter. Wow saw all that and that was a whole nother thing um but yeah and then my father also um was in Pietrakov, a little town in poland and he was beat up by the nazis and he um ran off to join the russian army which is not much better than being in a in a concentration camp (laughs) right (laughs) so he spent those years like in siberia fighting as a partisan um and you know, so then after the war, um, they both lost all their families, but my father had one brother. So, so he, um, the brother was alive in the DP camp with a new wife he found in the DP camp, my aunt Rose and, uh, a little baby. And so my dad had papers to go to America and he gave it to his brother and the family and he stayed there. And, um, so my dad goes to Marseille. <laughs> I'm really shortening the story, but anyway, so that's where he lived for some time. And my mom, after the war, emigrated to Sweden. Um, so the embassies um, got people together with the same last names. And oddly, my mother and father had the same last name, Rosenschweig. Um, oh my gosh. Spelling's a whole nother story, but just go with that. <laughs> so they found out they weren't related, but they corresponded for a number of years. And so then it was 1951, and my mother had one living cousin. She had lost her entire family, had one living cousin who was in Palestine, which is now Israel. And she says, I think I'll go and be with my cousin. So she took the train and she stopped in Marseille to visit the man she had been corresponding with. Within a week, they were married. <laughs> oh, my God. She never <gasps> made it to Palestine. <laughs> and wow. Then, I know, right? Crazy. And then um, they had my three brothers there and um, then finally emigrated to America in 1956. Long time uh, after the war. Wow. And then had me. A long time You're... after that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so... Rose, what did, do you remember them sharing anything with you about the war? Like, what did they, did they not want to talk about it? What was kind of, what did they share with you? Or did you kind of learn on your own? What was that like? So my mom was pretty outspoken. She did, Spielberg did a number of, um, the, he did a series of videos. So you could look her up on the, uh, the Shoah Foundation, I think is what it's called. Um, and Bronya Rosen is is um, where you can find her. You can Google her. Uh, and she wrote, she's, you know, published in a little book of poems. Um, I'm in the poem um, 
my mom was an interesting person. She was very, um, she came to this country. She liked to talk about how, you know, she made her own money, you know, and this was the 60s and (laughs) she wasn't even American. And she's like, and she, you know, she just cobbled together, you know, a living, uh, you know, she was selling cosmetics door to door. (laughs) Ding dong, Avon lady. (laughs) I know, it's so funny, (laughs) studio girl, right? And she, yeah, she did that. She'd take all four of us with her on the bus because she never drove. And then, and then she like rolled together like $5,000 and bought her first apartment building. And then, you know, by the time she passed away, she had done pretty well with that. Um, And she liked to say her, her apartments are all mortgaged in her own name, which I thought was, I mean, that was such a big deal. And my dad, you know, he, he never talked about it. You know, if it snowed, he'd say, you should see the snow in Siberia. This is nothing. That would be a wow. (laughs) I mean, do you think that having your mom be so independent and run her business, you know, like she wanted to, she wanted her name on the things. Has that influenced you? Is that why you have Rose, Rose and casting? And was that a big influence of how you moved through your life? Yeah, no question. I mean, I think we all have models for our lives. Your mothers are both models for your lives. Um, I think we learn a lot from those around us, friends, family. Um, Yeah, you know, I think we all owe our existence and, and what we do on a day-to-day basis to those around us. I don't think it's certain that mm. none of it, you know, I mean, very little of it comes from, from just us. Like what, right, what right. does that look like? Right. 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 And there's so much history and your family is one story. And mm-hmm. I feel like every family, you know, has their story. So can you speak to someone who maybe doesn't know a lot about Jewish history? And could you speak to why is it more than just a religion? Well, first of all, we wouldn't be dead if it were just a religion, right? The Holocaust would not have happened. Hitler was, he he was plotting against the Jewish race. It's the only religion that you can get, you can do a blood test and you'll know I'm Jewish. Mm-hmm. Can you do that with your blood? Exactly. No. So, so that's why it's more. It's valuable to note that we are a people, we are a race, and that when you're talking about injustices, we're the top of the list, not the bottom, and not to be discounted. So, and anti-Semitism is on the rise. And the fact that certain people talk about Hitler as if he were a great man, that's not okay. Rose, what are some things you love about the Jewish culture and the traditions? And what are some of kind of the values of the Jewish culture? I love that we don't push ourselves on people. (laughs) I do too. It's so beautiful. It's It's one of the only religions. It's like like, doors open, but yeah, they're like, we're doing us. This is us. You do you. It's so beautiful. Right. That's, that's it. I, I love that you know, we're not evangelical for the most part. And that you, you know, if you want to join us, here's, 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 here's what you need to do. And it varies, but it's, it's not a small thing. And, and lots of tests and lots of thinking. And and I just kind of like the thinking of it. Um, It makes sense to me. Is there anything else you'd like for us or our listeners to know about Jewish history, Jewish culture? I just want you to be aware when people are spewing anti-Semitic things and not brush it under the rug. I feel like that sort of thing, like people just say, ah, the Jews, they're fine. Um, You know, oh, you don't need help. Oh, Jews run Hollywood. Oh, Jews are, you know, they will take care of themselves. Uh, thank God we're a small, a, a strong people, but we're tiny. And, and it's important to note that we, you know, hate can be spewed at us and, and see it and name it and stop it as you can. Yeah. That's a really, you know, 
Really good point yes. to end on, Rose. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for being so generous and oh, sharing yes, the story about you. your family. Of course. I yes. mean, you know, it's it's my people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rose, okay. Before we go, we have some rapid fire questions that we ask everyone. So just answer the first thing that comes to your head. So what is a beauty product that you just swear by? Like, gotta have it. Okay, you're not going to love this answer, but it's exercise, walking outside every day, eating healthy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Rose, I, that's same. I mean, moving your body, your mental health, your skin, everything is better. All that, it, it, it pales in comparison to the myriad of products I use. Lately, I've, I'm kind of crazy about this. Good Molecules, have you used it? Yes, we love good. Yes, we recommended it to a friend who was uh, struggling with hyperpigmentation. Oh, right, that, yes. Yes, love Good Molecules. It's affordable, great so cheap, ingredients. So great. Yeah. They sent me stuff because I was a, a, an influencer. <laughs> okay, Rose, Rose. I love you. You're on, everywhere. Influencer. You're all over and you're everywhere. Okay. What is the best thing that you are either reading or watching right now? I mean, I love, of course, um, the White Lotus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, <so good. laughs> it's over. Um, and that was sad, but it, it was a great great series. Um, so and good. I'm reading, uh, and keep rereading Jews don't count from David Battiel because I recommend the book. It will give you a perspective of, uh, Jews and representation and, and how we, we don't count in, in the discrimination mix. That's a really good recommendation. Yes, I'm going to write that down. Really short. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? Live each day as if it's your last. That's a great Excellent one. advice. Who is a woman that's inspiring you lately, this week or this month? The women that are inspiring me lately are my group of casting directors, most of them being female. And the girl power when we're in the room together is palpable. And the fact that we are understanding our business better and better by being together. So yeah, that's what I'd say. Those women, the casting directors I hang out with are that's awesome. inspiring me now. So we can find Rose on the craft of casting on Clubhouse Monday nights at 9 p.m. Yeah. And Rose Eastern. And Rose, where can we find you on Instagram? Uh, Rose Rose in CSA. And hit my link tree is in my link in bio. And I usually keep it up with articles and all. You could get to my clubhouse room there. Hit my stories. I usually post it up. I try and do all the things. I'm not perfect, but I try. Oh, you know, your Instagram is so great. You're so informative. Your posts are awesome. You're always like on top of it. Give Rose a follow. It, you're seriously so, so great. Thank you. I try. I try. You guys are great. You guys. You inspire me. I didn't want to well, say that it would you. sound too. Oh, Rose, <laughs> we'll take it. So sweet. We'll always Rose, take it. Thank you so thank you, much Rose. for spending this hour with us. You're the best. Thank you for everything you share. This has been so fun and so informative. Oh, yes. Thank you. Good to see you guys. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more content, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, Patreon, and give us a follow at Obsessed with the Best Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Hosted on dimlywit.com.